Mackinac comes up and cuts in front of the Edge Guard! Holy Mackinac, what a move! Mitch Marner undresses two Rangers, cuts across the goal crease, and outweights Shesterkin to win the game! 19 seconds into overtime! Wow, 3-2, the Leafs went over the Rangers in overtime and thrillingly described by Joe Bowen. And I sat beside him when he was making the call. I, I thought I had to hold him back. <laughs> it was like watching this mountain erupt as yeah. Barner cut across. Yeah, it's, Welcome- not, it's not fun, is it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the post-game show. Yes, that's Ralphie, Jim Taddy, Dave Best, Chuck from the Toronto Star with you. And, Ralphie, as you pointed out, that was eerily similar to the Nylander goal against Florida in that there was a cut-in from the same spot, and everybody watched, and then all of a sudden once... Nylander a week ago, and Marner tonight saw the opening, boom, in the net. Yeah, both in overtime, both in comeback wins for the Leafs when they trailed out for two periods. Uh, what was so odd about that goal is you could see Mika Zibanejad. It was as if he was only watching David Camp going to the bench. Yeah. yeah. And it was as if he was saying, okay, let's, Marner's probably going to hold on to this until he gets some support. <laughs> and then by the time, you know, Zibanejad, I, I mean, he just pulled up and let Marner dance past him and then, uh, uh, Keandre Miller, uh, I think, was the one that almost got yeah, to Marner got to the front of the net. But, um, you know, from a Leafs standpoint, um, probably wasn't a Picasso, but no. you can still take the uh, take the kid's picture and put it on the fridge with a magnet. Well, we talked about it at the second. <laughs> and be proud of it, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, like proud yeah, of it. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, look what we did. Sort yeah. of finger, <laughs> finger paint. A little bit of finger painting there. And it, it got a little messy to that point, Ralphie. Like it. The, the Rangers obviously go up 2-1. They had a ton of chances to make it 3-1. You know, Chris Crowder misses that uh, oh, man. tap in oh. on the doorstep. Um, and that was on a power play for the Rangers, set up by a kind of a sloppy puck over glass play by Timothy Lilligren. So, but we were talking about it at the second intermission, Jim. Like, it, all they needed to do was just, you know, just flip the switch in the third, find some energy, and come out of this kind of forgetting about the sins of the first two periods, and they were able to do that uh, with, some, end, with a nice stretch run. At the end, I mean, you know, right around just before the Lilligren goal goes in, they spent some time in the in the Rangers zone, which was a first, really, because yeah. I thought the Rangers really did a nice job of getting in lanes, blocking shots, and, and defending the Leafs. Then all of a sudden it broke down, the puck was in the net, it was tied, and then it was anybody's game. Yeah, And, and you know what? The, going back to the Kreider play when he looked like he had a tap in, He's got four power play goals this year. Yeah. Last year, he led the league with 26. He was a 50-goal scorer last year. This year, he's got 19. Yeah. You see how hard it is to repeat. Forget a 60-goal oh. season, but yeah. a 50-goal season. Because, you know, like 26 power play goals, That may, and there were a lot from that range. That's Tiger Woods' gimme range. That, right. and, and that's not criticism because he, he's got great hands. He's a big body, and he can go to the net and, and look for rebounds. Um, but, but all I thought was then... Because we had, you know, looking at his stats compared to a year ago where he led the league in power play goals, you're going, okay, this is this is what happens. And it's the same thing, you know, you look at Morgan Riley's 20-goal season. Everything was going in from the points, through screens, uh, bad goals, off skates, great shots. And it's, uh, it's hard to duplicate. And that's all I could think of watching Kreider miss that was Leaf fans take note if you're being critical that Austin Matthews may not hit the 60-goal mark because this is what happens. It's difficult yeah. to do year after year yeah sometimes a lot of things have to go right you're right and sometimes the bounces don't go your way like Kreider had he was robbed down the other end in the second period when you know the the best chances on a leaf power play were the shorthanded chances by the right. rangers 
And Samsonov <laughs> robbed. Kreider's got two short-handed goals, yeah, too. Exactly. Four power play goals. And so, you know, Kreider has two chances at, you know, two fairly, you know, look what look like goals. Neither of them go in. And as you say, suddenly the 52-goal scorer last year was a 19-goal scorer this year. It, it's the same guy out there, you know, creating the same chances. Every now but and then you think the hockey gods say, okay, I'll give you this year, but they're going to make it a little harder. Yeah. For you the following year, which probably also makes it more impressive that Rick Vive did it three years in a row. Yes. The 350 goal season. Not great yeah. teams. Yeah. And he got physically abused for, you know, that's that's when the cross check was alive and well after you scored. Yeah. That's right. But, but that was also when coming down the right wing, you can wind up and hammer it against the guy with little pads. Yes, and, so. that, and I'm not taking credit away, or, no, no, or everybody was. But the slap shot was alive and well yeah. then, yeah, absolutely. That's before all the new rinks with the with the rubber boards. <laughs> uh, I will say that it's it's one of those that you feel in some way that the Leafs stole because I think when you look at the t- they took two penalties. One was a delay a game over the glass. The other one was a too many men on the ice. It wasn't even close. No. Yeah. I mean, it, they were out there that long sh- that I could actually count to six myself. So you're going, yeah, you're saying. That's two shifts. And I carried the seven and everything. <laughs> but it's, uh, converted it to so it was one of those where, you know, that's, that's kind of a, you feel like it's a sign that they're not as sharp mentally as they usually are. And, yeah. And the game turned into a struggle i mean they're I, I, I even though the um you know the rangers took the the lead in the second period i didn't feel like the leafs were being dominated but the leafs didn't look like the leafs or they were in control of the game a lot of miscues even in the third period alex kerfoot has a chance to get it out yeah. besides he's going to go back into his own <laughs> behind the net with it and that almost cost the leafs so well, listen uh, you know we were we were talking actually in the second intermission and in the pregame about what uh, sheldon Keefe said about the energy and, you know, when he made that switch with Marner and Nylander in the Islander game and now it brought energy. And, you know, you go back to Saturday in Montreal in the second period, certainly no energy there. And you're wondering, like, why there is that energy void at times at this point of the season. Yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, you, you watch other games. And, uh, you know, I was watching Tampa and Minnesota last night. And, and Tampa was really outplayed in the third period. Minnesota had a lot more jump, more opportunities. And Steven Stamco scores off of skating in for the winner. Right. So it's a... Uh, you know, you're you're going to go through it, but it seems to be that the, you know, the better teams find a way to win. I mean, they, you'll see Boston tied into the third period, and all of a sudden you see Pasternak, Marshawn, Bergeron show up in the score sheet in the third, and they, you know, find a way even against Montreal. I think they were down in that game to the Canadians and, and find a way to come back and win it. So, I mean, there are times it's it's like a goaltender to me that you know is struggling, but he still finds a way to battle mm-hmm. to win a game. And I, and I think that's what the good teams do, where sometimes the energy isn't there. Sometimes you're not crisp. Sometimes mentally you're not sharp. And yet you can find a way to win. And, and I guess that uh, to me is the biggest silver lining in uh, probably a so-so game. Let's face it, if the Rangers score in overtime and win it, the conversation changes. Now we start dwelling on how they struggle to get the puck out of their zone and everything else. So it's, it's amazing how uh, one goal, three on three can sort of change the narrative. Yeah. And on the other hand, you know, if John Tavares doesn't hit the crossbar and it goes bar oh, down and in oh, yeah. at the buzzer, oh. by the way. Yeah. Which oh, was and by the way, give Sheldon Keefe credit again, because when uh, when Lilligren scored, he threw Pierre Engvall out with, uh, with Neil Leonard and John Tavares. Mm-hmm. And I, I thought, I don't know if it was... Uh, if Yarncroc, if there was a problem, or or Sheldon Keith just thought, you know what, I'm, I just want to mix it up here. 
late in the game. And Pierre Engvall, even though he doesn't get a point on the goal, goes to the front of the net mm -hmm. and um, and provides some problems for Shesterkin on that. So um, I, I think you give Sheldon Keefe a lot of credit the last game when he switches things up to start the second period and they respond. Uh, but I just thought it was interesting, interesting to see um, Engvall out instead of Yarncrook at a crucial moment in the game and the Leafs were able to score. And that was a big moment. I mean, you had you had Engvall in front, you had Tavares in front. That's what you need to do to win a playoff game, right? You want to, you want to get a yeah, big goal in a playoff the, score game. Score the ugly ones. Got to get an ugly goal now and yeah. then. And that's that was a good sign. On the flip side of what you don't need to do, it's that you know that circle back by Kerfoot that causes the turnover. Um, it's that the miscues, this you know the, the yep. series of miscues that lead to the two-one goal. That's the stuff I'm sure Sheldon Keefe is going to be talking about in, in ensuing practices, saying, guys, we got to play simpler. If we're going to win playoff games, we can't yeah. be dilly-dallying around our own end, turning the puck over and, and giving the team umpteen chances yeah. to uh, to strike. Yeah. A, a lot of times what I try to do is just say, okay, how many times did they touch the puck and weren't able to get it out in their own zone? How many times do they have possession of it? And, I mean, the Kerfoot one is sort of the obvious. Uh, and as you said, the second goal, there were, what, two or three horrible giveaways yeah. Yeah. in a span of about 20 seconds that led to the buck being in the back of the net. And that's why you always say, you know, the teams that are so good, it's D to D, and if there's no play, it's off the boards and out, or you, you lob it up the middle to center. And the Leafs, I think, were trying to manufacture some spectacular plays. Right. And uh, yeah, well, your, your own end usually isn't the place to start. They, they were defended well. I mean, that's, that's part of the issue. Uh, the other thing is, I mean, really, when you when you go through it all, they only really allowed the one goal. The others are just a freaky play off a faceoff that you might never see well, again. When's the last time you would have seen it? I mean, I, I know. Uh, I don't know. Somewhere. Lemieux, maybe? I don't know. Lemieux did that now and then, you know. Yeah. It's, pretty uh, rare. I mean, it, it's rare to see it, you know, one back yeah. and, and a shot find the back of the net. But uh, I hope they don't play the highlight for it. Somebody might have been talking over it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh, any idea? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's just say he interrupted me. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, could, you know. I wish I was in the booth for that one. <laughs> yeah. That's a forgivable uh, sin because, yeah. I mean, I think well, it, I, I, everybody I, in the building said, that went in? What the how? heck? How? Yeah. Yeah. They were listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is always not <laughs> oh, a good thing to no, do. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, usually something bad's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was a pretty long list. I mean. Yeah. But it was... Uh, yeah, I mean, like we said again, you know, you find a way to come back and win. And, and even, you know, if they if they win the game in Montreal, you sort of forgive the second period, which which eventually costs them. But it is amazing how, um, you know, the, the five minutes of overtime, or, or usually less than five minutes, switches your whole thinking of the that's, game. That's the win-loss yeah, win yeah. mentality. Yeah, you win, the, you get away with it, yep. you go on. Loss, well, now, wait a minute here. Let's, let's yeah. go over it's, it's all like this It's like the stuff. previous 60 minutes were irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. You know, well. that, it, that it comes down to this. and. Um, you know, like we said, uh, with all due respect uh, to Heedle and um, and Timothy Lilligren and Pontus Holmberg, um, it wasn't the stars that showed up on the score sheet until overtime. Right. And, um, and that's when, when you love it from Arner's standpoint, that um, I thought it was a game that uh, he was trying to force things and nothing was coming easy to him or nothing being smooth. A lot of passes were blocked, shots were blocked. Uh, so for him to be able to end it on a night that uh, – Seemed like it was a struggle for him, and he was he was almost mortal through 60 minutes. It was great to see him with a great finish. Yeah, well, it was a game of redeeming yourself, right? Like that top line, Marner included, was out there for the 2-1 goal. Lilligren, you know, takes that, you know, fairly sloppy penalty early in the third that 
Could have led to a 3-1 deficit yeah. if Kreider yeah, puts in that tap. By the way, that wasn't just over the glass. Like, that would have been out yeah. at Fenway. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like, he Whoa. launched it. Yeah. So, that's a nice bounce back, right? On nights where things are not going your way. Yep. And, and there's and there's plenty of reason to be down on yourself. And I'm sure you're hearing it from the coach and, and, and all the rest of it. You're certainly hearing it from a building that was fairly subdued most of the night. Yep. Uh, you know, f- to make a big play for, for Lily Green to get that tying goal, pinch in there, make that big play, for Martyr to make the magic play to end it off, you know, that's that's a nice way to cap it off uh, yeah. on a night where it didn't necessarily go perfectly. I mean, it's that time of the year where you're going to run into people who are going to defend you well and, and they're not going to let you do what you think you can do and you have to find a way. Now, this is three-on-three three overtime, and I'm not going to tell you it had the intensity of a playoff game. But defensively, it was like a playoff game, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and you know what? Let's uh, and again for Sheldon Keith because he's he's gone to it several times. David Kemp taking the opening faceoff, winning the draw, and now you know you control the play. And it uh, it looked like he was going to hang around Camp for a while. And like we said, once he went to the bench, uh, it looked <laughs> everybody like everybody went with him. Well, <laughs> Zabanajed seemed to be the one that was uh, uh, more surprised than anybody else because Zabanajed, you could. You could see that he almost looked Marner off to say, okay, I got Matthews coming mm-hmm. over the board. Yeah. <laughs> and then, oh, oops, I guy, don't worry. Yeah, guy, yeah, guy it's over. Yeah. Well, there, there was a lot of confidence in Camp there, even though, you know, Camp was the one we should point out that was out there taking the draw against Hedo when Hedo scores off the draw. You could question that one. It was a weird one. You could say that Camp won it clean. Cause it was, well, yeah, it in was, some ways. Yeah. But, you know, the, there's 126 left, right, in, in a tie game. It was a timeout, and and he, and Sheldon Keefe opts yeah, to leave right. Camp, Camp Kerfoot, yeah. and Engvall out there, you know, in a big moment, which would have said something to me. Yeah, and like we said, and, and throwing Engvall out, you know, with uh, Tavares and Nylander for the tying goal as well, was um, that's where you got to give the coach credit because you know he's he's mixed things up and they've they've worked magically for him. So so let me throw this out. I find that we end up talking about uh, coaching decisions within the bodywork of a game more this year than we ever have and for positive reasons yeah well i mean the 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 players still have to respond to what's going on um and then again you know you see as much as you love the second period a couple of nights ago and how the dominant players were dominant now now you follow that up with a game where they all look okay but but not nearly as dominant but um, you know, then you give them credit because they didn't allow the Ranger talent to, to take over the game as well. So um, I think there were there was probably still a lot more that you liked defensively than, uh, you know, you could certainly circle probably five or six times where you're saying they were sloppy in their own zone. But for the most part, um, you know, the top guys on either side didn't have a lot in the way of scoring opportunities. And, yes, I realized Kreider had an empty net uh, on the right. power play and everything else. But for the most part, I thought both teams did a pretty good job of of boxing out and and not allowing any kind of secondary chances but and he undercovered as al's brother said it would yeah well of course but not for the reasons he said it would <laughs> nonetheless um we didn't talk about the goalies we saved that to the end samson is the game's second star and you know again has not lost in regulation on home ice yeah i thought he was i don't know if he looked comfortable you know, especially after the goal off the faceoff. I thought he fought it a little bit. Barkley Goudreau had an opportunity in the high slot that looks like if it was on net, it was in, that, that Samsonov was was scrambling to get ready. But again, when we were talking about teams that aren't 100% but find a way to win, that's the same thing with goaltenders. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're not 100% on, 
and uh, and I think he was he was off from from a couple of nights ago. Uh, he still finds a way to hold the opposition to two goals and win a hockey game. Yeah, and and that's that's what you love, and that's what um, you know. You, uh, uh, I know I keep bringing up Tampa, but you watch Vasilevsky. Um, he can give up three or four in a game, and then he'll make that one save when you need it, and and you he gets rewarded for it at the other end. So that's that's what I like about Samsonov. I didn't think he looked. It was more of a scrambly game. Mm-hmm. Uh, this not, not everything was as clean, um, but I like the way that that he found a way to win a hockey game, and and especially in the third period, to be perfect in the third, allow the Leafs to come back and tie it. Ralphie, thanks for hanging around. Good luck in the drive home. All right. I'll text you when I get home tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if it's between six and eight, forget yeah, it. See you, boys. Okay. <laughs> the Leafs went at 3-2 in overtime. Uh, just a thrilling goal by Marner. And, again, I, I wish I could describe how Joe Bowen, as he realized it was going to go in the net, how his body shifted. It was quite interesting to watch, that's for sure. And Bowen's, he always delivers a great call. He's got great gusto in that delivery. So we'll come back and sum it up even further. This is Leafs game night the post game show on tsn 1050 tsn 1050.ca the iart radio app and the leafs radio network shot that hit the iron if it would have counted or not it was really tight wasn't it i think it would have counted i yeah. mean like definitely like that you could hear the sound pinging off the crossbar uh before the buzzer for sure and it was that was that was something yeah, we've got some sound in the background. Maybe somebody wants to clean that up. Okay, thank you. Uh, so, in the, I mean, with that play with uh, seconds left, you're watching it, and it's like time slows down. Yes. It, it was. Just, it was, it, it was re- really weird that way, wasn't it? It didn't look like a lot was going to materialize there. It really didn't. And then suddenly John Tavares is sitting there with a snapper in prime position in the slot and and, and beats, you know, Igor Shesterkin for what would have been the winner at the buzzer a rare buzzer beater, by the way, because you don't see those very often in this sport, but uh, wasn't to be, and, and only 19 seconds later, uh, a little guy named Mitch Marner provides uh, an even better moment uh, where the puck actually went in the net. So I think we'd agree that with probably, let's say, uh, 12 minutes gone in the third period, it didn't look good. It really didn't. No, I mean, the Leafs just, didn't have anything They just seemed to be stymied, right? Yeah, you know, we, and we talked at the second intermission about how they're going to have to find some sort of energy source here if they're going to turn this game around because because what was 2-1 at the time could have easily been 3-4-1 and four, one, uh, on those chances we talked about with Ralphie, with Kreider having a couple of you know, beautiful chances, and there were a number of others. And, uh, and you know, Ilya Samsonov kept him in it to, to, to a large degree. Uh, and you're right. They did not have a lot going on. It did not look like a, a well-organized leaf attack. They were having a hard time getting out of their own zone. The power play was giving them crickets all night. Yeah. Uh, in fact, was pro- providing more shorthanded chances well, was, for the uh, New York Rangers was, than it was providing uh, power play chances for the Maple Leafs. It was uninspired, to say the very least. So the question is, what turned it around, and William Nylander has the answer. I think uh, maybe the last 10 minutes we kind of uh, stepped on the gas a little bit and got some more on time. I think uh, maybe the last 10 minutes we kind of uh, stepped on the gas a little bit and got some more ozone time and got some dirty pucks in that uh, and we were able to battle in there and get get one there in the, in the third and then unbelievable goal by Mitchie. What do you think of uh, Timmy's play on the tying goal there to get inside on? Yeah, it was, a, it was a battle. I mean, maybe it could have been a penalty if he didn't score, but uh, yeah, it was a great, great effort by him to get that, uh, get that in the net. Yeah. What do you make of his progression this year? It just seems to be getting better and better. 
Yeah, he's been uh, very steady uh, in the D zone and obviously making great plays with the puck uh, in the offensive zone and, I mean, jumping into areas like he did tonight and, uh, and getting a big one for us. What about Ilya, especially in this building now? He's 14-0-1. Dialed. <laughs> it's like uh, he's, uh, he's uh, unreal out there uh, making huge saves. I mean, had a lot of chances to uh, score and he uh, um, kept us in the game, like on the power play when we got that kind of three-on-one, made a nice save and, um, yeah, he's just been uh, on top of his game. Yeah, they play they play hard and I mean aggressive, so uh, don't get that much time out there. Uh, so uh, you got to battle through that and try to create your own time and space. What do you think of Hedo's goal? And have you ever tried that right off the draw before? Oh, I, I got to give it to him. That's pretty pretty nice, uh, pretty nice play uh, catching everybody off guard like that. I mean, I haven't seen that in a, in a long time. That is William Nylander post game. Um, you know, he was talking about Lilligren and. You know, he had that uh, puck over the boards, uh, over the glass penalty, which is a real deflator, but, you know, fought through it. And, and I think that would describe his season. Yeah, for sure. And and, and his career in a lot of ways, because he's, you know, he'd spent a lot of time, you know, honing his craft in the AHL with the Toronto Marlies. And, and there's a lot, there were a lot of questions between, you know, the Leafs drafting, you know, Timothy Lilligren and, and Timothy Lilligren scoring a tying goal tonight in a big moment. Uh, between those two events, there have been a lot of questions about whether this guy could be the type of defenseman they hoped he could be because you know, as much as he's obviously got the offensive upside, there was always questions about the decision-making and his ability to, to be a, a big league puck mover uh, in big moments. And, and so, yeah, still a work in progress because, you know, we talk about that, you know, the crucial error he makes that sets up a New York Rangers power play that could have easily, you know, turned this game from a 2-1 Ranger lead into a 3-1 Ranger lead, but – you gotta love the perseverance, and that yeah. and that speaks to the way he's handled his career. A nice little kind of microcosm tonight of of a of a game that didn't go perfectly for him, but where he just kept coming and uh, provided something big when the Leafs really needed it. So the the other storyline that we haven't dealt with that we will now: Samsonov against Shesterkin. Samsonov stuff twenty six of twenty eight. Shesterkin uh, thirty two of thirty four. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't have the overtime in there, so let's just refresh that and get that updated. There it is. 32 or 35. Yeah, yeah. 30, right, whatever you said. There was only one shot <laughs> That's in right. overtime, right? I, know, I, I was going <laughs> to repeat the same thing. Like, Why would I do that? Everybody can hear, right? Okay, yes, exactly. So, so this is Samsonov at the end of the game talking about defeating his mentor. Yeah, it's a nice game. Uh, great battle battle with him. Uh, uh, this little, little bit bigger game for me than normal, yeah, uh, against Sorokin, against Shisterkin, uh, against Halibek too, yeah, uh, this is a, three good goalies, uh, I'm happy, we won hard game, uh, Michi, he's got an excellent job in, a, in a overtime, so nice. What happened, what did you see on the first heat goal right off the face-off? Really, I, right uh, I don't want a concentration about this one, yeah, we have... Uh, I have a lot of positive moment, uh, then concentration for this shit. Uh, sometimes you have, you know, he's a winter lottery today, yeah. He scores the goal. <laughs> That's what you're saying, so lucky. Yes, yeah, so lucky, and uh, he shoot to my uh, hard zone, yeah. Uh, it's okay, I don't want a concentration about this. Okay. Yeah, we get smile better. <laughs> At the end of the day, when you're playing, you're, you're only facing the shooters, right? But when you face a goalie at the other end, like a, an Igor or a Sorokin the other night, do you have to dial your game in maybe a little bit tighter, knowing he's going to be tough to beat? Uh, you 
maybe a little bit more concentration, but maybe this just in the head, yeah? yeah. I don't know, just uh, inside a little bit, you know, you're happy what time you won a uh, great goal this year. <laughs> what did you know about Timothy Lilligren, if anything, before you came here, and what have you learned about him? Uh, well, probably what time I come, he's got injured a little bit, yeah? Uh, he's not skated a lot with us, but uh, I know he's a skilled guy, uh, really smart player with a good, uh, he's good skate, yeah, and he's uh, show us in uh, this season too, he's uh, helped it a lot, uh, he's puck moving great, yeah, I, I like it for me, really comfortable play with uh, Timmy. What does it mean to you to have this run of play, four straight starts, you know, it's the first time this season for you? Yeah. What's it mean to get games in a row? Uh, okay, uh, I, I don't know. Just thank you, coaches. Yeah, thank you, teammates. Uh, it's a good opportunity for me. Uh, I feel good. I'm. Uh, I feel in good shape. Uh, I feel my game. Just we have what we have here. So there you are in game 49. You know, still figuring stuff out in, in terms of how far you can push. Samsonov because he's on a roll. I mean, you have to wait for the opportunity to present itself, right? I mean, it's not just a roll, uh, Tatman. This is the best performance in a season at home by a Leaf goalie that I can look up. I mean, this guy is out of his mind. I mean, 14-0-1 on home ice now. This is this is special. And I know it's still, look, we're, we're a little more than halfway through. There's a long way to go. But what he's done in this building, uh, you ha- we have not seen a Leaf goaltender do it for an entire season uh, you know, at least at least not in the last handful of years, and not the last 20 years, because I, I was looking it up recently. And um, for him to be what he's been is has been a, a revelation. Now, if he was this good on the road, <laughs> you know, well, uh, you, you really might have something. But that's that's the least of the Leafs' concerns right now. I mean, he has been a little less predictable on the road. Two four and one with an 889 save percentage. Uh, he was, but he was 993 at home coming into tonight. Uh, and that's not going to take much of a hit after only allowing two tonight. So th- this guy is uh, doing something very special. And it's going to be tough for Matt Murray to get back into the rotation. Uh, he hasn't played in more than a week now uh, since he let those uh, four goals and eight shots against the Florida Panthers and uh, was chased from the game. So, yeah, Matt Murray's got some work to do if he wants to get back uh, into the platoon because right now it, the platoon doesn't really look like a platoon as much as it looks like a one and a one a maybe well yeah for 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 now we'll see where that goes yeah, plenty it can of change our time yeah, right plenty of time left uh, so some numbers out of this the leafs have their 30th win and they're 19 three and four at home and i was thinking off the top of my head and i shouldn't do that um but i was trying to f- come up with a three regulation losses on home and i know we did a pittsburgh game in an arizona game and i can't remember the third so okay. we'll look that up at some point in a commercial break but we, we talk about those numbers because mitch marner wins it in overtime and here is the guy they call mitchy uh, describing what happened yeah um great draw there by uh david um timmy kind of took it up the ice drew people towards him dropped it back to me i saw a lot of time and space and tried to come over the blue line um decided you know what i was going to do try to slow the play down see if anything was going to open up and so i had my own little lane and tried to take it if they play with good structure how'd you guys turn it uh, well, I thought we were just relentless, really. Um, all four lines, every single line wasn't trying to do anything too fancy, too crazy. I think we were getting pucks in. We were forechecking very well. We were being above a lot of options. When we did, uh, when they did flip it out or anything like that, I thought our D did a great job of turning it quickly, finding lanes or getting it back in, and um, just kind of resetting everything again. 
What'd you make of Timmy's play on the tying goal, being able to come down and then get inside on Kreider? Yeah, it was a great play. Um, something we try and work on a lot is, you know, kind of, I guess, switching in and out between forwards and D and kind of find those uh, little soft spots throughout the ice. And um, Timmy did a great job there. It's not an easy shot. Um, it's not an easy goal. So kudos to him and a uh, great uh, play reading the ice. What'd you think of Heedle's goal right off the draw? And have you ever tried that at any uh, Yeah, that's, I mean, it's a smart move. Um, obviously, it works. So um, it was a smart move by him. Um, but uh, you know, I'm not really much of a centerman, so I don't really take many face-offs like that. But um, yeah, it worked out for sure. Yeah, I was just saying that was a more than a normal game for him playing a guy he looks up to in Shesterkin. What do you make of how he battled in the net tonight? Yeah, it was great. Um, I mean, I think both goalies, you know, you got to tip your hats to both. Um, made some unreal saves, made some massive saves for each team, and kept them in the game. So um, you know, it was definitely a goaltending matchup there, and um, it was great to see Sammy just keep battling and keep uh, keep fighting through. Yeah, I thought it was good. I thought we made plays. Um, I thought we were finding each other. I thought we had good ozone time, and um, you know, it's just about staying consistent with it and keeping our effort up. I thought our effort throughout the whole game was uh, was great, and you know, it's uh, we had our opportunities, we had our chances. It's eventually going to drop. Thanks, Mitch. Thanks. Yeah, I'm going to say a statement. Also, mental oh. health awareness day. So uh, I'm just want to say, you know, obviously mental health is a big thing in this world nowadays. Um, in sports, without sports, everything going on. So. Um, even though it's Mental Health Day today, never be afraid to reach out, call someone, um, ask people how they're doing, and um, you know we're all there for one another, and we want this world to be a better place. So um, don't be afraid to reach out to anyone whenever in need, and um, you've got a lot of people around you that love you and want to talk to you and make sure you're okay. So um, never be afraid to reach out. How's your appreciation of mental health kind of evolved? Yeah, I, I mean, a lot. Um, honestly, just from playing here for so long, just you know through the ups and downs and the grind, and then you know obviously that incident that happened this past summer, just... Um, really weighs on you mentally if you don't talk about it and don't really express yourself. And um, you know, it's sometimes incidents happen that uh, you need to express yourself and talk to people about. And um, you know, I think that's something that I've really done a great job of in these last couple of years is not being afraid to reach out and talk about it. And um, you know, try and get a better understanding or just try to understand myself better. And I think if you have a strong mentality mind, then um, you're pretty hard to break out there on the ice, especially. Do you still think about that incident? Does it still affect you at all? I think it definitely does. Um, you know, throughout late nights or um, just you know, kind of. I guess just weird atmospheres, weird vibes you get sometimes. Um, you know, it's it's something that still kind of goes in your mind every once in a while when you're getting in a car late night or something. You never know what's going to happen, but um, you know, got to be around. You got to be aware of your surroundings. Um, you know, you want everyone to be perfect and love each other in this world, but sometimes it doesn't happen. So um, you just got to be aware out there. And you know, if something does happen to you, I think you you shouldn't be afraid to reach out and talk to someone and, and try and figure out, you know, just how to I guess kind of get yourself out of it. And, you know, it's, it's not a bad idea to ever talk to someone about anything. Mitch Barner, I mean, that was really nicely put together mm -hmm. at the end there. And, of course, he's talking about the carjacking in the summer. That's and, right. Uh, and it's Bell Let's Talk Day. So, so I hope um, everybody participated in the retweets and helping Bell raise money to contribute to uh, mental health. Yeah, without a doubt. And, uh, no, great, great finish there from Mitch Marner on a night where he was the magic man on the ice. And I liked what he said there about the way the Leafs handled that game, you know, and, and both him and William Nylander – I think kind of put it well. It's like it, w it wasn't a perfect game, but as as Neiland or Mitch said, uh, the Leafs were relentless, and and they were. They kept at it. it was, there was a lot of stick to itiveness to this game, even though it wasn't going well at times. Even though they weren't getting much going at a lot of points in the game, there was a lot of real dull down periods of this game. Uh, they kept at it, and Nylander talked about the, you know getting the dirty pucks to the net, and and that really, you know, that spoke to the tying goal where you had Engvall and, and uh, Tavares both in front of the net 
uh, pucks uh, coming at uh, Shesterkin and Timothy Lilligren pinching in there and, 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 you know, providing that opportunistic finish uh, to really kind of put a punctuation mark on a, on a good possession from the, from the Maple Leafs where they were able to get some pressure, a rare moment where they were getting some sustained pressure there in the third. So, yeah, it was about sticking to it tonight, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And uh, we, we keep playing this game where we're looking for hints that will tell us it will be okay in the spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I just When I was watching the game tonight, uh, you could see the frustration because they were, def- as I said before, the Rangers really defended them well, and they did likewise to the Rangers. But I didn't see the uh, – I, I saw some air leave the balloon, but I didn't see it go flat. Yeah. I, I didn't see, uh, the, you know, the, the reliance on the stretch pass or the trying to hit the home run. I saw them play within themselves and, and, and get to the opportunities that, that showed up to tie and win it in overtime. So I, I don't know exactly what all that means, but I don't know that we would have said that too much last year or the year before or certainly the years before that. No, for sure. I think I think what what, what would happen in, in years past, or certainly you could find examples of it happening, was you know one mistake would lead to two mistakes and the mistakes would compound on them and they would kind of snowball and it would, you know, it would go from bad to worse. But tonight it was... It wasn't wasn't like that. There were some bad moments. There were some mistakes, and they led to Ranger goals. Uh, certainly, the second Ranger goal was a, a comedy of errors in the Leafs' own zone, but they didn't allow that to sort of you know linger, and they were and they were able to kind of turn the ship around after after they they'd run it aground at moments. So I think that's important. I think that's that's a big part of what it's going to take to to beat a Tampa in a in a seven game series. You're, you're going to have moments where they get the better of you. You're going to have moments where you make mistakes. Do you stay in the fight? Do you do you punch back and do you bend, not break? Well, I mean, clearly they're not going to get matched up against somebody who doesn't have any experience. I mean, they're running yeah. into a, a brick wall of experience, so that's what they're going to have to do to get through that. Because the other the other guys that they're lined up against are just not going to quit. That's the thing. Well, we talked we talked about it after the the Bruins game in Boston. Uh, what was that about eleven days ago in Boston, where? You know, the, it was a really good hockey game, but the Maple Leafs were ultimately undone by a, a bunch of mistakes, right? Just, yeah. just pass, you know, the Connor Timmons pass across the middle that leads to uh, the Bergeron goal and, and, a, and a turnover from Morgan Riley in their own in the Leafs end that that ends up in the back of the Leafs net. Um, those are the types of things that you're look. You're going to make those mistakes against good teams, right? If you're a, and Sheldon Keefe talked about it after that game, like for a kid like Connor Timmons who is a puck mover, and this is a puck moving team. You're gonna have to. You got to make passes. You got to make plays. Some of those plays are gonna end up coming back the other way when the when a really good opponent takes advantage of your you know maybe slightly misplayed in that, in that case a really badly misplayed puck. Um, but again, it's how you respond to that. How do you respond to that mistake? How do you respond to the idea that you know you, as you point out, you're not playing a patsy in the first round here. This is this is gonna be uh, you know a, a team that's been to the Stanley Cup final three times and won it twice in the past handful of years, and how are you going to, you know, they're not going to give it to you, in other words. You're going to have no. to take it. And so tonight was an example of the Rangers weren't giving this game away. No. Uh, you know, the, the Leafs really took it. They really did. And uh, they were able to, to battle through here, thanks to some good goaltending from Ilya Sanisanov and, and, and maybe a, a couple of bounces that went their way. That's part but of you, it. But you got to take them. You need a little wow. luck. 
you need a little luck to be good, and, and tonight they got a little luck, and, and, and they ended up with a 3-2 win. Well, you know, the, the Rangers' first goal was pretty lucky, so yeah, that fair happens. Enough. Yeah, that happens. We're going to step out when we come back. We'll hear from Sheldon Keefe talking about what turned uh, things around in this game late for the Leafs. This is Leafs Game Night Live from Scotiabank Arena, TSN 1050, tsn1050.ca, the iHeartRadio app, and the Leafs Radio Network. And enjoying a nice homestand, 5-2 over the Honors on Monday night, 3-2 in overtime over the Rangers tonight so we've detailed nicely that it was a late game turnaround and Sheldon Keefe spoke about that a short while ago. I, mean, I don't know if I would say turn it around it was just be able to break through and you know, they they played us hard tonight it's like you say it's a good team deep team you know they're not, not giving us a lot I thought you know we had a, a, enough to have more than one goal um, through 50 minutes or whatever it was but uh you know, good goaltender, good good team playing hard defensively, and, and we didn't make good on some of our best looks. Uh, but we kept the game close enough to give ourselves a chance to just stay with it. And we talked about that it was probably going to be one that we'd have to end up shooting our way in and get a bounce to to go our way, and that's how it worked out. You think you got some momentum putting the under Matthews Marner together there? It seemed that way. Yeah, like there wasn't a whole lot happening for us. You know, a combination of us just not. You know, not connecting on some of our plays coming out of our end, and and you got to give credit to New York. I mean, those those guys played hard tonight, and they were on top of us. There was not a lot of opportunity uh, to get through them uh, for for long stretches of the game. And I thought both ways that was the case. Um, we made maybe one more mistake that they capitalized on than than uh, than and we had capitalized on on theirs, and and that's why we were down one, but. Yeah, the guys just stuck with it. Like I said, got played good enough to keep the game as you know close. Got a you know good good break, obviously, when they missed the empty net. But um, real happy to see our guys get rewarded, and then you know overtime goes our way too. Is any indication of uh, Lillard's confidence or instincts of both Sheldon coming out playing and score like Lillard did? Yeah, I mean we talk a lot about it, having that guy come down that backside, and, and specifically tonight, you know when. It was it was hard to get clean looks to the net. So we we like I said we talked about the fact that we were going to have to shoot our way in and have good traffic and create some some randomness around the net there. And, and we needed people to be in spots to be able to win those pucks back, both forwards and D. And yeah, it's uh, you know you want your D down there quite a bit when you when you have one guy rolling up higher. And and we had that and great read by him. He beats his beats his man to get to the inside and. And, you know, their goaltender can't see the puck, which him playing the way that he was, that's that's an important factor, and he makes good on the shot. Yeah, I did. I mean, you know, Joey drew a couple penalties, got an assist, and um, the line got us going. They took too many men in the ice penalty, which you don't want to see that, but... Um, I thought we got good minutes from them. It became harder to play them. Just, you know, in New York, especially when they move Kreider down with Trocek, it's you know, three lines that are really good and really dangerous, and they didn't use their fourth line much either, so it was tougher to get them a lot of minutes. But uh, from what we got from them, I was happy. That's Sheldon Keefe uh, summing up the 3-2 overtime win. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of coaching cliches, which we have examples of. Certainly yeah. the last five minutes of the game. It's, it's all that the coaching positioning, you know, trying to get yourself in a position, all that stuff. It was all all in front of us in this yeah. game. Well, and I like that, you know, 
the way they approach that, you know, you're not getting through a very tight defensive system with the Rangers. And I like this idea of, you know, we get, we're going to have to shoot it in and we're going to have to shoot it through and, and create the randomness around the net that that's going to get us a goal. And, w- and what do you know? And that, isn't that exactly how you score in the playoffs? Absolutely. When you're playing a, when you're playing a team I, with a great goaltender and a sound defensive system. That should be most games you play in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, that's this, this that to me, that goal that Timothy Lilligren scores there with Engvall in front and, and all the traffic from Tavares and Engvall disrupting Shesterkin, uh, that's that's a clinic on how you score a playoff goal, right? If, you, sure. if you're talking about things you can take forward into April. Uh, that's the Leafs got to remember that one and, and say, hey, we, we can we can draw from that playbook when we're trying to get one late in the game in our in our seven game series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Well, that, that's textbook. I mean, you don't let the guy see it. Right. He stops everything he sees. Exactly. So you can still see I can still see the visual of him searching for the puck and putting his glove up to no avail. Exactly. Yeah. No, that's that's the way it's got to be. And that's no, that was a great job by 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 the uh, the Maple Leafs. I. You know, I think what's going to get overlooked in this game because Mitch Marner steals the show with a bit of magic is is the fourth line's contribution. Which, you know, you look at the you look at the score sheet. You know, Joey Anderson, who comes in tonight after Zach Aston Reese is is uh, made a uh, a healthy scratch. Joey Anderson comes up from the Marlies. He only gets 4:57 of yeah. ice time. But what does he do in that 4:57? He assists on the opening goal to Pontus Holmberg, and he draws two penalties. I mean, that's you got to give him credit there. That's that's some efficient well, use of. Holmberg himself only played six and a half. Yeah, and that was, and, and as Sheldon Keith points out, that's because that fourth line of uh, of uh, Gerard Gallant's with Will Cooley, the, the yeah. GTA product, who was making his NHL debut, and uh, Julian Gauthier and, and Jake Lachishan, they played all of about six minutes uh, each, so in that range. So there there weren't a lot of opportunities to get your fourth line out there. Alex Kerfoot ended up even though he started the game as a fourth liner, ended up you know playing a little more of that Swiss Army knife role, right. moving up and down the lineup at times, and inc- including playing you know a pretty big shift there late in the game with about 126 left in the game tied, and 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 uh, Sheldon Keefe opting to go to camp Kerfoot and Engvall uh, with, with 126 to go in a defensive zone faceoff. So you know it was in, you know it was an interesting game from from the coaching perspective. Strategy, you know? yeah. yeah, strategy played a big part here because you're playing a you're playing a chess master in Gerard Glenn who knows how to lock down the ice and, and obviously has the goaltender that uh, is going to make it very tough if, if they can keep you to the outside and, and not allow you those lanes. I, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't add anything more to that. In fact, I'm going to be so generous, Dave, take the rest of the night off. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Dave yes guy. Yeah. Yes guy there. That's the ultimate yes guy, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Okay. No, no, no. Yes, guy. Yes, indeed is another game. <laughs> All right. This is Leafs game night on TSN 1050 and the Leafs radio network. The out-of-town scoreboard brought to you by Maple Toyota. Build your next dream Toyota at Maple Toyota. And check out Maple Toyota's pre-owned inventory arriving daily. Guy, I think it's time to Toyota. Visit mapletoyota.com. Here's what we have. After 40 minutes of play, Stars 2, Hurricanes 2 into the first period. Jackets 1-0 over the Oilers. Midway through the first, Kraken 2-0 over the Canucks. And the rest are done. The Senators got by the Islanders 2-1. Remember, Ottawa's here on Friday night. And, of course, the Leafs getting by the Rangers 3-2 in overtime. That is your out-of-town scoreboard. As far as we're concerned, next live action will be Friday night. Raptors are busy in Golden State. Join us for that. Free game starts at 9.30 on TSN and the TSN Radio Network. Thanks for joining us on Leafs game night. We say adios from Scotiabank Arena. Good night to all on TSN 1050 and the Leafs Radio Network.